when I had my daughter home with me had become my biggest year to date in my business. I made almost $200,000 that year. And I was working between two to four hours a day at most, at most guys. Okay. And the way I did this was teaching myself to fast focus. So sometimes I had 15 minutes till I knew the baby was waking up. So if I decided to work, you could take it to the bank that I was going to get focused quickly. And this can work for you whether you have a baby at home with you or not. So how do I do this? There's two really important things that you need to have in place in order to be able to fast focus and create quickly. Welcome to the Raising Your Business podcast. I'm your host, Yael Bendahan, founder of CEO Mom Academy, Mama 5, and lifelong reading addict. This podcast is here to empower moms to run their businesses and lives like the powerhouse CEO they are. I want you to believe that you can have the business success you desire and be present with your family and to give you my best tips and strategies for how to make that happen. I'll be sharing the honest reality of balancing motherhood and business, business models that work for you, marketing with simplicity, and the mindset of CEO mom. Now, let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome back, my friend. I'm so happy to be back. And today we're talking about five commonly given pieces of advice to entrepreneurs that absolutely do not work for me as a busy mama five and that I will cheerfully ignore. My goal for you with this episode is for you to walk away with a decision. Which advice are you going to listen to and what are you going to politely ignore because it does not apply to you? And we're going to talk a little bit about that, about how to create that filter, how to figure out what does work for you, what to take to heart, what not to take to heart, and all the fun stuff. I'm really excited to be back because I'm in our last week of summer vacation for the whole family. My boys start this Friday. I'm actually recording this the day before. I ran behind because I don't have a lot of recording time with four kids around. And I don't like recording at night because, I don't know, I just don't like it. I just don't find that I have the energy levels that I desire to give this stuff over to you. This actually came up because I was talking to a bunch of my friends about some stuff that's been coming up in the industry. And I actually have have an entire other podcast episode about the millionaire mom phenomenon. So I'm going to put that on the side. Last March, I posted something on Facebook that literally went mini viral. That post took off like 200, I think it was like 220 comments in about 48 hours. It was bananas for me. All right. And the question was this, exactly this. Mom entrepreneurs, I'd love your input. What kind of business advice has made you roll your eyes because there's no way it would work for your life as a parent? Wow. That really set people off, okay? And I found that they fell into two camps, okay? One camp was, yes, finally, I want to be heard. Here are all the things. Like It's like they were just waiting for me to ask. And the second camp was, all these things are just excuses. Everything that you guys are complaining about, just excuses, you're using your kids as excuses. And not all people who were saying this were not parents, okay? So there, there were some parent entrepreneurs who were saying, I think you're just making excuses for not doing things or not getting things done. And the truth is, they're both right to an extent, okay? You can use anything as an excuse, being a mom included, but I felt there was so much out there that was being peddled to women as, you will only succeed if you do this, if you want this, if you are this. And I realized there were a whole bunch of commonly held opinions that I absolutely disagreed with. Kids are not a limiting belief, okay? And that is what I've literally heard from like some of my some coaches in the past. Not now. I do not hire people like this anymore. But some coaches have said things like, oh, are you talking about your kids? I think it's just a limiting belief. Kids are not a limiting belief. They are a limiting reality. There are going to be certain limits on your life as a parent that were not there before you became a parent. And it's not in a bad way. It just is. It just, it exists. And you cannot just ignore 
this fact and be like, oh, as long as I manifest abundance, then everything is going to be fine. No, your life is going to change. And I've spoken to friends of mine who who were not parents, had a business, and then had their first baby. And even my, I remember my friend Adrian Dorison, I was speaking to her a little while ago. I interviewed her a couple of years ago for a summit I was doing, like a, a virtual online conference that I was doing. And she has dogs who are like she, who she absolutely loved. She had them for many years before she had children. And and they are gorgeous. And I love dogs. I'm such a dog person. I'm an animal person in general. I just choose not to have a dog because I feel like it's too much responsibility. And yes, I have five children. And yes, I want more children. And yes, I think dogs are more of a responsibility than children for many reasons. And I feel like they deserve more attention than I'd be able to give them. So I'm not one to say that pets are not like a huge part of your family because they are, okay? I We had a cat for a year and a half and I loved him. He was like my baby. He actually came to us around the same age. He was about the same age as my baby um, and he was with us for about a year and a half before he disappeared. I don't want to think about what happened to him. But the fact was, I remember speaking to Adrian about this and I said, before you had a baby, did you, know, did you think, oh, I'm a dog mom, so how hard could it be? And we're like, I'm a dog mom, so I know what it's like to, to be a mom. And she's like, yeah, I did have thoughts like that. And they're absolutely not true because having a pet is a completely different thing than being a parent. I always say this as a joke, but it's really true. But you do not stay up at night worrying that your pet is going to have to go to therapy when they grow up because you yelled at them too much that day. All right. Pets are there to give us unlimited love and affection and, and cuddles and whatever it is that you get from pets. And kids do give us that sometimes, but they also give us a lot of other things. And so... I wanted to share my top five favorite, I want to say favorite, my top five things that people were telling me, these pieces of advice people were telling me that I was like, yeah, I absolutely disagree with that. And here's why. And I'm really curious, what business advice has made you roll your eyes as a business mom? I'm really curious. Please let me know. You could shoot me a message on Instagram if you're listening to this and screenshot this episode, post it on Instagram stories along with the advice that you've heard that absolutely doesn't work for you. I would love to share it with my audience. You can get in front of more people. And I can get more material because I'm so curious about this. I'm really curious what you've heard that you feel like, okay, there's no way I can do that. Or like what you've heard that's, okay, yeah, I can manage that. Okay, so here are the five things that I absolutely refuse to subscribe to as a mom. Number one is the 5 a.m. club. If you've ever read this book, I would love to hear if you could actually take it seriously. This is a book. It is a book by Robin Sharma called The 5 a.m. club. And it is interesting. It's interesting. I don't know what else to say about it. It's hard to explain unless you actually read it, but it's I read it once. I don't think I've managed to finish it. Cannot read it again. It was just too weird. Okay. But the basic idea behind this 5 a.m. club book, the basic philosophy is that you get up at 5 a.m. in the morning to complete a set of 20 2020s. So it's 20 minutes in intense exercise, 20 minutes reflecting on your goals, and 20 minutes learning a new skill. Now this sounds absolutely lovely. Okay. I I do not, I do not disagree that this could significantly improve your life were you to do this on a regular basis. This sounds wonderful. Here's the thing, though. I am a night owl, and this book was recommended to me by someone with no children. And she was like, oh, you don't have time to work in your business? Have you thought about joining the 5 a.m. club? And you should read this book. And it's really, I really find that when I start my day off with this hour of XYZ, it makes such a difference in my life. I'm a night owl. I never say never. Okay, because I've said never about many things, including marrying a British guy, including staying in Israel for the rest of my life, including I, I don't know. There's a lot of things I've said never about. So I've chosen to stop saying that because I know whenever I say I will never do something, inevitably it will happen. That being said, 
And I've definitely woken up earlier at different points in my life. And the truth is that it really can work. If you are a morning person and you do better work earlier on, I aspire to be that person. I will probably not be that person. All right. I tend to do work better at night when the house is completely quiet, when I know I'm not going to be interrupted, when like the, everyone, I have like, all my fat, my whole family is sleeping under my nice little, I almost feel like a mother bird, like her nest, all the babies are sleeping under her wing and, and everything is just silent and like peaceful and the world is dark. And I just, that's when I'm more likely to get actual good work done. If I wake up early, odds are a one of my children will hear me breathing in their sleep and wake up too. It is inevitable. This happens every single time. And I did used to wake up early back in the day. I used to wake up early to exercise. Maybe I'll do that. And the truth is, if I was going to wake up early, it probably would be to exercise because my brain does not function well before like 9 a.m. It really, really doesn't. Okay. I cannot think. I cannot think straight. I cannot. I just don't. I, I just don't have the mental capacity. That's not how my circadian rhythm works. All right. And if I'm going to wake up early, it will probably be to exercise because. I don't need brains to exercise. I can listen to a podcast while I'm exercising. I don't really need to think very hard about it, okay? So the 5 a.m. club, not something I, I will do, okay? I will not be like, oh, you can only succeed if you wake up early before your kids. There's so many options. There are so many options for getting work done, and I have tried all of them. I assure you, my friend, I have tried all of them this summer because I've had all my children around me the entire, okay, not all of my children, four of my children, four of my five around the entire summer. They did not go to camp. They were not away from me at all. There was like, it was just me and them. And because we went away on vacation, my husband has been making up a lot of work. So a lot, a lot of shifts. It's basically been me and them. Okay. He's not really been around. There are a lot of creative ways to get work done. Like right now, for example, they are watching something. They're having their screen time. I am here locked up in my office after we went to the park. We did a pool. We, I went in the pool with them actually because it is so, it's weirdly humid. It is not normally humid where I live, but it's oddly humid this week. I don't know why. So we went to the park and we basically dissolved into puddles of sweat and we just like trudged home and jumped straight into the pool and it was amazing. We did that. I gave them lunch and then they sat down to watch something. I sat down to record this podcast episode. There are lots of ways to get stuff done. I had a baby home with me for the whole first year and a half of her life, okay? And I had my kids home with me while I was in, during COVID, all four of my boys home, and I was pregnant, and my husband was working extra. So there is, it is true that it is hard to find time to get work done and to get, like, you know, uninterrupted time to work. But if you are not a morning person, don't try to make yourself into a morning person if you don't want to. If you want to try, go for it. I would love to hear about it. If you've ever tried to make yourself into a morning person and succeeded, it's something I do aspire to in theory, okay? But when it comes down to it, I have managed to succeed perfectly well without waking up early, and so can you. Okay, that is number one. Number two is lengthy morning routines, okay? Okay, all those coaches who are like, this is my morning routine, and it's along the same lines as, as the 5 a.m. club, which is whatever it is, an hour of journaling, and then I meditate, and then I do some breath work for 45 minutes, and then I do this and I do that. This is a continuation of that 5 a.m. club idea, but I've heard it from like these manifesty life coaches, and I'm not against routines. I think morning routines are great, all right? But when it comes down to it, my morning routine cannot be a lengthy sitting, taking my time, um, especially during the school year. It's definitely not going to happen. Now in the summer, actually, I can to an extent because my kids are not waking up very early. I'm not waking up very early. We can just chill together. I can do some journaling. I can sit, sit with my coffee at leisure. but you are not 
your the length of your morning routine is not going to make or break the success of your business. Okay, it is not. And when it comes down to it, yes, I do believe you should be doing mindset work every single day. Yes, I do. You have to find the best time for you to do that. For some people, it might be at night before they go to bed. I actually do both. I do some breath work and like listening to, I do some breath work before I go to sleep. If I can, I write down three things that I'm grateful for every night. I do this on my phone, like in my notes app. And, but the thing is, I really like to have this, I really like to have this start to the day where I'm like focusing on what my goals are, my ideal life, where I'm heading, what my, where, what am I working towards? How do I want to set the standard for my day? You can do that in 10 to 15 minutes. You can do that in five minutes, honestly. Like I said, when I had a baby and I used to just lie in bed nursing her and I'd be literally stuck in bed, I would just lie there pumped full of oxytocin, looking down at my gorgeous little baby who I prayed so hard for. But I was just looking at her, feeling so grateful for this gift that God had given me. And I was able to really just like use that time to do my mindset work in my head. All right. Affirmation, gratitude, that can all be done. It does not need to be written down. All right. So you do not need to have a perfect morning routine in order to be successful. Just dropping in here to say that if you know a fellow CEO mom who also is hearing all kinds of conflicting advice about what's necessary to have a successful business and have the family that they want, then share this episode with her. I know I would appreciate it so much and I'm sure she will too because the one thing that we need more of is business coaches talking about the honest reality of what it's like and what it actually takes to have a business and what it actually doesn't take and we need to be having these conversations more so the more people you can share this with to spread the word out, the better. Now, back to the show. Okay, number three is the deep work fallacy. Many of you have probably heard of or read of Cal Newport's book, Deep Work. Okay, and the basic idea of it is that amazing results can only come through hours of uninterrupted deep focus time. Okay, so in his words, deep work is, and I'm reading it from the book, Professional activities performed in a state of distraction-free concentration that push your cognitive capabilities to their limit. These efforts create new value, improve your skill, and are hard to replicate. Shallow work is non-cognitively demanding logistical-style tasks often performed while distracted. These efforts tend not to create much new value in the world and are easy to replicate. Okay, I'm going to stop right there while I choke on my cold coffee that I finally gave up on warming up after the 12th time I stuck in the microwave today. I don't know about you, but three to four uninterrupted hours when my brain is at full capacity is not always a part of my life, okay? Honestly, I cannot even focus on one thing for hours thanks to ADHD. Forget like my kids, even putting my kids on the side, my brain just does not do it. It doesn't work, okay? And I read this book when I had a baby who was still learning to nap and she wanted me to keep eye contact with her at all times while she was awake. I had a four-year-old who didn't have his afternoon school program yet, and he was coming home at 1 p.m. every day, otherwise known as where did the morning go, and just keeping up with keeping my home running. And I was lucky at that point. I remember when I read this, I was lucky if I got more than three to four uninterrupted minutes during the day. How did I manage to keep showing up every day, grow my business, sell my stuff, serve my clients, launch my programs? This year when I had my daughter home with me was my had, had become my biggest year to date in my business. I made almost $200,000 that year. And I was working between two to four hours a day at most, at most, guys, okay? And the way I did this was teaching myself to fast focus. So sometimes I had 15 minutes till I knew the baby was waking up. So if I decided to work, you could take it to the bank that I was going to get focused 
quickly. And this can work for you whether you have a baby at home with you or not. So how do I do this? There's two really important things that you need to have in place in order to be able to fast focus and create quickly, all right? Number one is knowing what your needle moving revenue generating activities are, all right? So I am totally clear on what I need to do to move the needle in my business at any given time, okay? I need to show up consistently daily with content that drives engagements, leads, and sales. I do personal outreach. I do follow up with previous leads. This can happen manually. This can happen automatically with email follow-up, all right? And when I'm doing a more involved launch, I'll include things like writing emails, writing a sales page, creating a webinar, but my ongoing sales activities remain the same. And once you know what you need to do, you can break these actions down into 10 to 15 minute increments. So I might plan what content I'm posting that week. So I'll be like, okay, I'm going to post about this. Here are my different content topics for the week. And then I might batch them all out, write out the captions. Maybe I'll write the caption every day. Maybe I'll batch the reels. But either way, I know what I need to do in order to make that happen. I know that this podcast needs to go out every single week. So I know that before Tuesday every week, and I actually might be moving this to a Monday, I have to see. But before Tuesday, this podcast episode needs to be finished. It has to be edited. It has to be ready to go and ready to be uploaded and scheduled for Tuesday morning. So that is number one, knowing what my needle moving revenue generating activities are. And my question for you is, do you know what your revenue generating activities are in your business? And for every person, this may be different. This might be engaging in Facebook groups. This might be posting on LinkedIn and engaging on LinkedIn. This might be sending emails to your list. This might be creating reels, right? This might be having conversations in the DMs in, on Instagram and, and, and following up with previous conversations with, with previous leads, right? So do you know what your needle moving revenue generating activities are? Say that three times fast. And number two was knowing where I want to get done in every given, on any, sorry, in every given day, on any given day. So once I know what I need to do overall and then what action needs to get done that day, I can go into almost instant focus mode because I'm able to grab that quarter hour pocket of time and be like, okay, fine. I was in the middle of writing this post. Let me finish this post and get it out the door. Or maybe I was writing this email for tomorrow. Let me finish my newsletter and get it ready to go. Or I was finishing outlining this piece of curriculum and now I can record it. I can record at least one part of it. So notice that nowhere in there did I mention anything about hours and hours of deep uninterrupted work time. And I'm not saying that there isn't a time and a place for getting away and getting work done. And that's what we're going to be doing at my Momentum Mastermind Retreat. Lots of relaxation and also time to get stuff done without being interrupted because that is amazing. That's like a luxury for moms to have that time to get stuff done without being interrupted. But my point is you do not need to be having this on a daily basis or on a weekly basis in order to succeed. All right. But since this is definitely a luxury. And this is just honestly the thing I daydream about the most. I wish I could just get away and just knock work out without anyone needing snacks. This is what's happening at my Momentum Mastermind Retreat coming up in November. We only have, I think it's seven or six spots. I have to check. But either way, we only have six or seven spots left. So make sure you get application in ASAP because the sooner you get application in and the sooner you join, the more extended your payment plan can be. So make sure that you get your application in. I would love to chat with you about joining us in our Momentum Mastermind and on our Florida retreat. Do you feel like you've built a business that actually isn't serving you in your current season? If you're feeling constrained by your offers, the clients you're serving, or your current schedule, I got you, mama. I'm opening up highly limited spots in my Q4 Momentum Mastermind to help you pivot your business in a direction that will be aligned with your current season. Whether that's adding on digital products, hiring team members, launching leveraged offers as a service provider, or building an automated funnel so your business can grow while you take time off, I want to be there for you and help you make that happen this year. 
We'll be working together to create a Q4 sales strategy using Black Friday that generates revenue, attracts higher ticket clients, and adds a leveraged stream of income to your business so you can take one or 10 steps closer to your goal of true time freedom as a mom. The Momentum Mastermind includes an in-person retreat in Florida in November that includes a mini branding photo shoot and plenty of masterminding and nourishment, physically, emotionally, and mentally. And when you join now, you can get a special extended payment plan and access to the Mastermind group chat and all of my content right away so you can start creating momentum for Q4 now. Shoot me a message on Instagram with the word momentum or apply with the link in the show notes and let's chat about how you can turn your business from a job into joy along with a group of incredible mamas just like you. Now, back to the show. Number four, all right, the fourth piece of advice that I refuse to subscribe to as a CEO mom is just outsource everything in your home because your time is too valuable to spend on mundane things like cooking or cleaning. Okay, controversial statement incoming. I hate the phrase, just a mom. I did not start my business, so I wouldn't be just a mom, all right? I did not start my business because I felt like, oh, I just, I don't, I just can't. I, I don't feel like I'm filling my potential. I'm capable of much more than being a mom. Yes, I'm capable of a lot of things. Being a mom, being a wife, being a daughter, being a coach, being a CEO, either way. There's nothing just about having the privilege to raise my children as bananas. They may drive me sometime. It's the end of the summer. Trust me, they drive me bananas, but I love them to death. I love them when they're sleeping, especially they are amazing when they're sleeping. I, I love my children. I also think that they should be in school. I love school. I'm a big fan of teachers and I don't think we appreciate, appreciate them enough. The point is, I started my business because being around for my kids was the most important thing to me, and I wanted to create a better life for them. That is my why. I do not at all, I would never look at a stay-at-home mom and be like, oh, you're capable of just so much more. Do you even realize how much mental capacity and how much physical capacity and how much emotional capacity it takes to be a stay-at-home mom? A freaking heck of a lot, all right? And I know when I was a stay-at-home mom, I, I did not really, I had a cleaner every once in a while, not on a regular basis. I, I definitely felt a little guilty about the idea of hiring help in my house because I was like, I'm not bringing in money. So do I have the right to do that? Now, yes, I did have the right to do that. But the point is, I have, I definitely have more support. I definitely have more help technically than I did before I started working because I feel like, okay, this will help me get a return on investment. But the thing I've been told by people that really bugs me was that if I really want to succeed, I would outsource anything in my home that didn't give me an ROI. But I have a question for you. What's the ROI of making the meatballs that my son loves and having him feel that I took him into consideration when making my meal plan? Okay, like when I make meatballs, oh my gosh, the look on his face when he smells them and he comes in the house, he is just so happy. Oh my God, thank you so much, mommy. What is the ROI of staying up four nights in a row cooking and baking for a holiday and knowing that the food is gonna be devoured within days, if not hours? All right, what is the ROI of reading the Gruffalo for the 500 and bajillionth time with my eyes closed? What is the ROI of changing another stinky diaper? What is the ROI of wiping a butt? Okay, there is no ROI officially, at least not a monetary one. But the fact is that caring for people makes you love them even more. Yes, even after the stinky diaper and the butt wiping. And I'm not outsourcing being a mom to pursue business success because then, honestly, what was the point? I did not have children, so I could just outsource everything related to my children. Sometimes we can get so caught up in other people's versions of success that we forget what ours is. And my question is, what does success actually mean to you? A while ago, I was following a coach who was like, I, I was making 50K months within my first year. I retired my husband. I, I did this. I did that. And when it came down to it, like what I found out after 
finding out more about her, was that, yeah, as soon as she started making $10,000 a month, she retired her husband. And he was running, he was like a stay-at-home dad. Her mother-in-law was her nanny and her mother was her house manager. All right. She hired them as not for free. She hired them as like the people to basically run her home for her so that she could go all in and hustle and all that kind of stuff. And to be honest, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm not okay with that. And I honestly don't think I, I really feel that the stuff that I do for my family, the, 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 the little things that you do of taking care of doing, doing, maybe doing the laundry or organizing the laundry or making sure that dress is ready because they wanted to wear that dress to their party tomorrow or making special dinners that they really, really like or making a fancy cake for their birthday because they really wanted a specific cake or all those little things, like they add up, okay? And they add up. And I really, truly believe, and this is a fact, the more you give to someone, the more you love them. So disclaimer Yes, the love of God, you should enlist help in your home, okay? Hire the freaking cleaner, get someone to help you do meal prep, get the babysitter so you can go out. That is not the point. My point is, who said that these things are not important? Just because I do not have a financial ROI does not mean that I should outsource all of them, okay? So yes, I will get help. I My house cleaner came today and I feel so much happier now that my house is clean, okay? My, my office is really clean now and I'm just like, I feel so much happier to be in it right now. I'm not saying you should not hire help. But don't make anyone feel like the little things that you do for your family on a day-to-day basis, on an hourly basis, on a minute-by-minute basis are not important and that you should not be doing them because you're too good for that, all right? You are a mom. You cannot, you're the only mom your kids can have. Like when it comes down to it, like that is something that you have. That is, you You are the mother of your children. Whether you are a bonus mom, whether you are a, a foster mom or adoptive mom, the point is you are mom in their life. No one can replace that. No one can replace you in their life. And that is very important. All right. So I refuse to subscribe to this. And I'm like, I will cook and I will bake and I will clean. And I will sit and fold laundry with my kids. And I will teach them how to do laundry. And I will teach them how to cook. And I will teach them how to clean toilets. These are all things that are part of being a parent. And that is very important to me. And they're not, these things are not all fun, but it does not mean that there is not a return on investment. Maybe there's an emotional return on investment. Maybe there's a love return on investment. Maybe there's a memories return on investment. Okay, your kids. I remember looking back, um, sitting with my mom and me and my mom, my sisters all sitting like in her room, all sorting the laundry because we did. My mother used to do laundry once a week. I don't know how because she had six kids, but like she would do laundry once a week or twice a week. And and so we'd all sit on Sunday night, the night before Monday, which was our laundry day, and we'd all sort all the laundry. And I, I still have memories of that. That's a really nice memory for me. And us holding up different things and be like, was this lights or darks or whites? What is this? And that is just part of the, the family culture and the family unit and the general love that I remember from my childhood. So that is nothing, nothing is unimportant. I'm not saying that there are not things that can be outsourced. But don't feel like your role as a mother, your role as a person in your home can be outsourced, all right? Because you are infinitely important to your family and you cannot outsource that role, okay? And number five, this is one of my favorites in quotes, we all have the same 24 hours as Beyonce slash insert other highly productive person here. We do not have the same 24 hours as Beyonce. Beyonce has an entire team to manage a career in her family or home. 
So technically, she owns their time too. So if you want to go by eight-hour workdays, and let's say she had, I think she said she had a team of seven or eight or something like that or to manage her home. So let's say they all each work eight hours a day, and maybe they work more because if they're like full-time nannies or, or full-time housekeepers, I don't know. So that means that she now owns an additional 56 hours a day of other people's time to get stuff done. You do not have the same 24 hours as Beyonce, but you do own your own 24 hours and you can choose to do whatever the heck you want with them. You're an adult, right? Just make sure that you own your choice. So if you spent three hours binging Netflix, enjoy the hell out of those three hours, sorry, and then double down on work the next day if necessary. Don't make yourself feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so, oh, I suck. I can't believe I spent so much time watching Vampire Diaries. I don't know who I could be speaking to. Be like, yes, I am spending time watching Vampire Diaries because that is how I pour into myself. I enjoy this. This gives me joy. And I am going to intentionally take the screen time, intentionally take this downtime, and, and I am going to watch this freaking Netflix. And then tomorrow, I am going to work an extra couple of hours because I feel like I'll have my cup will be full and I, I feel like refreshed and ready to go back into, into work mode. And maybe I'll even have some inspiration from Vampire Diaries that I can bring into my marketing. I don't know. This happens to me all the time, by the way. And if you spend more time consuming than creating, this happens very often. I know for me, I have a really hard time like just doing one thing at a time. If I'm washing dishes, I need to be like listening to a podcast or watching a training or like I find it really hard to just do one thing. And many of us are like that these days. So if you find that you're spending more time consuming content than creating content, reverse that tomorrow and put yourself on a content fast. My former coach, Lacey Sides, would say this, just go on a content fast for a week maybe and just see what it's like to be focused on creation mode rather than consuming mode. But the fact is that you cannot and should not compare yourself to Beyonce in any way, shape, or form. She's awesome. I I don't want to be compared to Beyonce. Look at her. (laughs) But just remember that the next time you hear this completely tone-deaf quote because it drives me so crazy when this happens, when people are like, oh, Beyonce. I don't want to hear about Beyonce. All right? I don't want to hear about anyone. I want to hear about you. All right? Compare yourself to you. And this is a bonus number six thing that I refuse to subscribe to as a CEO mom. Anything that has zero flexibility. I am looking at you, 75 hard. All right. I, 75 hard, like rubs me the wrong way. And I know that people have had really great success with it. I know. But like that whole idea of you have to do all these things, these, like, I don't know, seven things every single day. And if you miss a day, you have to start all the way from the beginning again. That to me is a recipe for failure. That doesn't mean it's setting you up to feel like a failure. That is setting you up to feel like you just cannot keep commitments to yourself, all right? Our lives, by definition, need to be flexible. They need to be flexible. So any strategy, a schedule, or diet, or routine that is unforgiving and cannot be changed ever is not going to work for me. It's not. And it's probably not going to work for you either because your life is flexible. You have many, the more children you have, the more variables in your life that you have to work with, and the more likely it is that things will change on a dime. So. Here is what I suggest that you do. Taking all of this into consideration, all these pieces of advice, what I want you to do is look for evidence of the people who are doing things differently, for the people who are doing things the way you want to do them, all right? Mom business owners who work three days a week and still make multi-five-figure months, people who have nine-to-five jobs and are growing their side hustle along the way without losing all their sleep, new moms who are continuing to grow their business even though they have a baby. We There are definitely points in your life that are going to be harder than others, all right? There are going to be times in your life that are going to be more challenging than others to get things in. And I actually have a podcast episode coming up about that in a few weeks about how to find time to work as a busy mom and like with different base, you know, kind of tips and tricks for different ages of children 
and how to find time to work, I want you to look for the evidence of the people who are doing things differently, all right? And instead of looking at them and being jealous, oh my gosh, I can't believe she could do that. Why can't I? Be like, no, this is evidence that I can do it too. This is possible for me. So if there's only one thing that you take away from today, it is that moms need to do things differently. Your business will not look like a single 25-year-old Bali babes business, nor should it. You can build a business without following all of the rules, in quotes. I did, many of my friends have, and so can you. And if you're looking for a close-knit community of mamas who get it, applications are open for my Q4 Momentum Mastermind. There is an extended payment plan available for women who joined earlier, plus some instant bonuses and support that you're going to get right away. And we even have an incredible in-person event in November in Florida. I am so excited about it. So discover all the details at the link in the description and apply so we can chat about your business goals for the rest of 2023, doing it your way. As always, thanks for listening and I'll see you next time. I can't thank you enough for listening to Raising Your Business. I hope that this episode has inspired you to take another step towards building a business and life that you love and growing your income in a way that works for you as a mom. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to read and review and let's connect on Instagram. Screenshot and share it on Instagram stories so we can get the word out to more mom business owners just like you. Tag me at the Albendahan and share your biggest breakthrough from today. See you next week.